Okay. Thanks for joining us here on That AI Show. We just got out of the room with um, Okay Buyan and Chris Strobel over at No Rules Berlin. They did a word demo, <clears throat> if you will. Oh, Okay has decided to join us. I told him it would be a regulatory melee, but he he is a brave man and decided to join. Um, so we'll be covering the ev evolution of uh, regulatory environments around AI in Europe. Uh, they have the most robust and evolving live uh, regulatory uh, landscape that's, that's going out. The UK released their initiative to shape global standards this week, so um, we're going to take a look at that. The EU general had released uh, a federated AI uh, landscape that they wanted to legislate towards. Plus, uh, the American Privacy Act has been passed out of committee. I don't know what that means, but it does mean, at least for the time being, a private right to action. Woo! -woo! And a um, there is some some fight over whether or not that should be uh, preempting into the states. So I think that. The, the current government model is kind of reluctant to to encroach upon states' rights. They know that there's going to be a, a pretty Republican tsunami coming because um, of the anti-governance model. I mean, it's it's a wholesale rejection of the, uh, you know, Canadian global, you know, the Trudeau woke agenda that has just kind of rained crap upon us during the, the 2020 pandemic block, pandemic emergency block, where all of the, you know, everything you said was wrong. Everything you said was wrong. You're just wrong, America. Just sit down and shut up. You're wrong. Um, so we can't, <laughs> which is not true. You know, we're not necessarily, people, people have their opinions. They have their ideas. They're allowed to speak. That's why Colin exists. Um, you know, we do believe, and we have the legal principle of freedom of speech in this country. Uh, it's just that it was kind of, kind of attacked, and uh, people people decided to to get crazy with the the deplatforming uh, nonsense. You know, it's not that's not really. I think that's fascism because we don't actually elect those people. We don't elect Jeff Bezos to make government government for us, but he deplatformed a sitting U.S. president, and for that I will not forgive him. That's not his role. He's not. The government. So, um, so I'll just say that that's my official opinion here. That's not how you use the internet, and that certainly wasn't the the purpose and goal of the internet when Sir Tim, Tim Berners Lee put out a statement following that whole problem area. So we shouldn't be using the internet in this way because it violates the the principles of competition, where things go live in the wild and if they survive they survive if they don't they don't in terms of business and, and that's the the actual ecology when the government gets over involved and starts subsidizing your business they're picking winners which is not okay a lot of people don't agree with that I certainly don't they can actually create monopolies that way so um, you know the the prevailing government right now has decided as of you know yesterday and four hours ago with updates that they are going to pursue an antitrust legislation, they're they're strongly urging this. And um, while there are elements that they claim will attack the interests of small businesses, you know those concerns should be vigorously addressed. They should be, uh, but we should not ignore at all the the principles that that you know oof, these mega monolith companies have have used and abused their powers. To, to stifle innovation, they've used it to cut competitions, the little guy, they have also just eviscerated, uh, you know, U.S. speech rights and, and abused it. They've, they've used the banking systems and the e-banking the e and pay banking systems to, to really um, economically sanction people they don't have the right to sanction. There's no legal bearing to do it. They're just doing it to, to be kind of... Um, what is it? Capricious? Yeah, that's the word. So, uh, so th that's my my armchair quarterbacking of that. That as a, as a whole, I'll, I'll read some of the news here. Let me let me go first to this this uh, privacy 
privacy bill that was pushed out through the vote. So, okay, there was a landslide 53-2 to two vote that moved federal privacy out of committee. Um, the House Energy Committee uh, and Commerce met to mark up the ADPPA in its second session riddled with heavy discussion and numerous amendments. See, you can amend the bill before you pass it on, and that's what they should be doing to refine this antitrust stuff, too. Um, the session began with Congresswoman Jan Schakowsky saying, while this is not a perfect bill, I will support it as we have an impar imperative to protect consumers' privacy. It's okay to get it right. Uh, bipartisan support, while apparent, could be tempered as core items in the ADPPA are eliciting strong reactions amongst both sides. Some issues came to light when it comes to arbitration, private right of action, including class action, preemption, and enforcement. Uh, but Congress, Congresswoman Schakowsky hoped it would be a historic vote to move it forward. If we don't pass it now, I don't think we'll have the chance to pass it for a good long time, said Congressman Jerry McNerney. And I, I do concede that because they have been trying in states like trouble states, like Washington State, for years. They have just bucked it and bucked it and bucked it and bucked it. Um, they just don't want to enforce privacy. They will not pass a law, and they won't find any enforcement means to, to plug into it. They want to use the FTC to enforce privacy law. And they have had some enforcement history, but my criticism there is that the one area that they have failed to, they have overlooked it entirely. When you leave it up to Silicon Valley to enforce matters of privacy, they will look overlook the principle of data ownership entirely. They have just smugly ignored it. You do not own your data. Uh, they they fail to to put into principle or observe any principle that 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 uh, will protect your ability to own your own self in the datascape. Okay, so. While your information is being flitted all over the planet, okay, they are making money from the from surveilling the voodoo you, the version of voodoo you that is actually in the internet. Um, I, I call it the voodoo doll of that to you, and um, and you're not making any money from that. You certainly aren't invited to price yourself in that landscape. So um, I have indicated that the SEC could could get involved, but the, and there is a separate bill now out there in the wild to to involve the SEC in price fixing or adjusting the uh, data brokerage industry, which is this hidden hidden fealty. The, the only reason why privacy is even an issue is because there is a profit motive involved. If there wasn't a profit motive involved to take your data and make it somebody else's money, then it really wouldn't be an issue, but they have done larcenous, slavey things with your data that have, have really put you in a bad way. They've also manipulated the internet to where it's completely inhumane and in conflict generation actually siphons eyeballs into, they drive you into conflict. They, they literally say, we're going to create a false conflict here, a conflict that didn't need to happen, so that ad eyeballs will go to it. And that is the abuse of the internet that should not be happening so that they can get that money from those eyeballs and from that data. So that's that's an unethical use of the, of the technology. It shouldn't be happening. So um, let me go back to this news piece. Many Democrats voice support and desire to see the bills passed, also Republicans, they're, they're in there, uh, and express meaningful thanks for bipartisan, bicameral nature. While no Republicans made an opening statement, probably because they weren't allowed, uh, they made their positions heard through proposed amendments, very good, and concern for small businesses. Among bipartisan agreements expressed were many mentions of the following. Comprehensive federal legislation has been a long time coming. It still needs to work with almost everyone at the hearing, uh, referencing in it AINS, and there was a lot of discussion around preemption. That's the state's rights ability to go in and uh, rework the, 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 the regulations on the bill. Now, each state would have, if they passed a federal legislation, each state would also have the opportunity to um, codify that legislation in the states to, to coordinate with their own structures and information structures for the state and the regulatory environment in their state. So California has the strongest 
um, regulatory environment, but it also has some real weak uh, areas in that they, again, they didn't enforce the, the data brokerage issue. Uh, so a, a large emphasis was placed on not overburdening small businesses with regulations that require things like DPOs for companies that don't have a large digital pr footprint. Um, both sides stressed the importance of children's data protection, um, probably healthcare too, but many are seeking a more expansive approach, especially in relation to social media. Uh, there's much concern about the enforcement of ADPPA and both that the CPPA would enforce federal legislation or that it would fall on the underfunded <laughs> FTC. So I'm not as impressed with the FTC as maybe they are. You know, progressives are very, very impressed. They, they write themselves an A-plus on the report card every time. But have you noticed since they've been in charge, they've been in charge of the FTC before in the past, and they have also been in charge of Silicon Valley and uh, Washington State's, you know, Seattle-generated area. And we have all this privacy loss. We have all these data breaches. You know, so their government really isn't that perfect about enforcement or getting it right. So they had better start thinking about some of these these other ideas that are actually integrous in 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 protecting uh, human data, human owned data. Okay, so um, I want to move on. Let's get back to the AI piece. So we're going to go to this UK initiative. That is the hot hot item. That's hot new hotness. Okay, new UK initiative to shape global standards for art artificial intelligence. And I just want to remind everybody that under the block that says that AI show, um, you can push the block to the left and it will reveal links to the sources of the content that we are featuring on this show in terms of regulatory stuff. So uh, you can read along or you can just you know listen to me and we'll get through this and then we'll have some commentary. Um, says the Alan Turing Institute, the people who brought you encryption, supported by the British Standards Institution and the National Physical Laboratory, NPL, <clears throat> will pilot a new UK government initiative to lead in shaping global technical standards for artificial intelligence. The Alan Turing Institute selected to lead a pilot of new AI standards hub supported by the British Standards Institution and NPL. The hub is part of the National AI strategy and will aim to increase UK contribution to development of global AI technical standards. Comes as new research finds more than 1.3 million UK businesses will use AI by 2040. And spending on AI is expected to reach more than 200 billion pounds by the same date. So the new AI standard hub will create practical tools for businesses bring the UK's AI community together through a new online platform probably a dashboard, and develop educational materials to help organizations develop and benefit from global standards. So they are taking, they're taking a leadership stance, a leadership posture. They're like, we are going to put our foot down and we are going to generate a standard for the world. So get in the game, US, Germany, anyone else. You know, if you're going to get in there and, and, and say about AI... Don't let the Brits just decide it for you. Get in there. Make your voices count. So this will help put the, the UK at the forefront <clears throat> at the rapidly developing area. The hub will work to improve the governance of AI, complement pro-innovation regulation, and unlock the huge economic potential of these technologies to boost investment and employment. Now the UK has left the European Union. BSI, the UK national standards bodies, and NPL, the country's National Metrology Institute, will share their world-class experience in developing standards and research to develop the pilot, the Alan Turing Institute, the National Institute, there's so many institutes here, um, for data science, science and AI. The hub is backed by the Department for Digital, Culture, Media, and Sport, DCMS, and the Office for AI. There is an office for AI. We don't have that, I don't think, here. I mean, I think that there is a DOD office, but I wouldn't call that precisely government. You know, it's not, like, accessible. I would say our, our most accessible AI office dedicated to, to innovation would probably be DARPA. But DARPA is a closed set as well. 
Um, so I'm trying to figure out if there's they are going to generate an office here in the United States that would kind of be public facing, like like consumer facing. Like I have concerns about AI. Gosh darn it! And talking to my legislator has gotten me nowhere. Give me remedy agency. And I don't think there is one. So that might be that might be something that evolves in the future. Um, if we're going to get taxed for for AI regulation. And, and have to pay for some kind of enforcement body. Uh, that's something that I think that could happen. So let's move on. So they are developing. So if you want to know what the actual regs are, I would go to the National AI Strategy page. For a, let's see if we can pull it up here. National, yes, there's a national AI strategy for the UK, and it's an HTML version, and it it blocks out their 10-year plan to make Britain a global AI superpower. Superpower, and it's a, they've got a short-term goal, medium-term, and long-term. Let's look at some of these short terms here. They want a physical infrastructure framework. They want a defense AI strategy, and then all of government approach to international. AI activity. Hmm. Very challenging. See here. And the medium goal they have a support a broader range of people to enter AI related jobs. A repository of AI challenges with real world applications. So there's your sandbox contingency. Or maybe they can experiment with some twinning regulations. Uh, and then um, let me see here. Publish white paper to pro-innovation national position on governing and regulating AI. Like, here's how we're going to regulate it. And then, finally, their long game is to understand what public sector actions can safely advance AI and mitigate catastrophic risks. Well, I'm all for it. Let's see how it goes. They seem organized. So, let's also kick back to the general EU data ethics approaches to many things. Just let this load. Internet be slow. Uh, fruits of deception, the model destruction as an enforcement tool. Now, enforcement is one of these niggling little, ooh, you know, it's been tough to, to really get get in there and enforce it. Like, it's, it's okay to get in there and enforce it if there's child molesters on your network. That that's not really the holistic issue. It can't all be like, okay, well we got let's say we, we got rid of all child molesters through the entire ecosystem. You would still have so many enforcement problems left that, you know, you can't just suck the draw out of the room with that and, and not and ignore the the real and again in the wild problems with enforcement of AI problems. So here it is. While ethical development of AI systems poses various challenges regarding fairness, transparency, privacy, and security, regulating AI often involves an array of other challenges such as a perceived trade-off between innovation and enforcement, and it's not necessarily so, ill-fitted or non-existent remedies, meaning like these are problems that aren't problems, we're just not having these problems, or a lack of public resources. Um, despite these challenges, the regulatory activity from U.S. Federal Trade Commission shows that the U.S. watchdog will scrutinize AI systems, even if it means ordering their destruction entirely, which has already happened. The FTC is an independent government agency in the U.S. overseeing public enforcement of several laws, notably those concerning antitrust and consumer protection, including the Child Online Privacy Protection Act, COPPA. In a recent settlement agreement with the WW International and its subsidiary Kerbo FT the FTC ordered one deletion of the personal information that their weight loss application illegally collected from children under 13 to payment of 1.5 million in penalties and destruction of any affected work product meaning models and algorithms developed in whole or in part using personal information collected from children while the two are the first two are significant, it is the last tool in the FTC's arsenal which requires further attention, dubbed algorithmic disgorgement. 
This is a newsworthy enforcement mechanism inspired by monetary disgorgement, a legal remedy which often involves repayment of ill-gotten gains, in other words, relinquishing the tainted fruits of one's wrongdoing. FTC Chairwoman Rebecca Slaughter, along with Janice Kopek and Mohamed Batal, explained in their article, one innovative remedy that the FTC recently deployed is algorithmic disgorgement. The premise is simple. When companies collect data illegally, they should be able to not be able to profit from either the data or any algorithm developed using it. This is A-plus work. I have no criticism or critique for this. It has, it has been effective. It is, disgorgement is to be used and promoted as a strategy in the future, and I hope that they will continue to do this. Um, I will open the phones and get your opinions on the principle of disgorgement after I am done here. It says, this is a pioneering approach when considering regulation of AI, where the regula regulator orders not only the deletion of the personal data, but a disposal of the machine learning model trained on that data. For developers of AI systems, the model destruction poses a significant regulatory risk and therefore a potent deterrent against unfair and deceptive data practices. Okay, I'm going to leave it there, and then I'm just going to take some calls. Does anybody want to tackle any of these regulatory enforcement conundrums or processes that seem to be... Um, like like the harms, the actual harms that are evolving in, in the wild. Um, does any, would anybody like to call in? Because otherwise I'm just going to start picking on people. Okay. Okay, I'm going to invite you, Okai, to speak. <laughs> Maybe you have something to say as, as somebody who actually develops technology. See if you will attend to the phone. Let's see. Anyone else? Does anyone else want to come up and talk about the regulatory environment? Let's see here, I'm gonna Let's see here. Doesn't seem like anybody wants to talk about the regulations today. <laughs> I've already elicited my own personal opinion. Um I'm strong in this idea that the FTC could be better funded if they were going to actually provide enforcement, which means that they need to create inroads uh, with DOJ criminal um, criminal processes, meaning like it, there is a strong civil arm. Mostly this has been slap on the wrist lawsuits where basically the people who develop technology just write the check and then they keep on violating. That's the way they've been doing it for years. So I think the only thing that will happen to as a, as a bona fide deterrent is if you get the DOJ involved with criminal statutes that they're actually violating, violating the criminal element. See, in COPPA, you can go to jail for 7 to 10 years if you violate it. Uh, with any kind of consistency. Now, people have been able to get out of it, but I don't think that they should. So, reinforcing both HIPAA and COPPA, they have criminal applications of this law. So, when you violate against healthcare data and you violate against children, there is a criminal, there is a criminal statute. And it has been infrequently enforced, but it has been enforced. Mostly, if you violate HIPAA, you can be charged up to one million per infraction. So here's what I am kind of curious about. During the Obama administration and during the Trump administration, I mean, they were raking in so much cash, the FTC, but I don't know where that cash actually went. Did it go to the Treasury or did it go to the, their operations? Who got the benefits of that money. They say that they're underfunded, but they got, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars out of these, you know, these violating companies. You know, Google got whacked for 150 million here. I mean, I think Twitter got whacked 150 million recently. So, I mean, there's a lot of money flying around from these violators. 
okay? And they still say, wow, wow, we're underfunded, you know? So I'm wondering, like, do, does any of that actually come back to them, or do, are they paying that into the U.S. Treasury? Or um, where does that money go? Because I'm not prepared to pay the FTC out of the, the federal tax checkbook if they're pulling down so much cash out of these violators. Does anybody have to... Does, does anybody want to respond to that? Would you like to see the FTC kind of like, you know, work on that? Like, like say you violated. Say you had a company that violated. And, you know, you, you, you violated. You knew you violated. They, they sent you a, a conformance order and you didn't go along with it. And, you know, now you got to get out the checkbook and, and pay them off. Um, if you send that check out do you want the FTC to get that money to, to to pursue further enforcement or would you prefer the DOJ get that money or do you have a preference at all <laughs> anyone I'm gonna pick Vlad the Impaler oh there he is hey hey Vladi do you want to come speak Um, I, I'd rather hear you out for a little bit longer because I barely stepped in five minutes ago. <laughs> and it would not be right to try to come in and try to make up. I'm usually good at, at following along, catching on. I know these topics, but go ahead and uh, please chime in more. Okay. Well, um, this model destruction, they want to destruct the, the AI. Let's, let's talk about that a little bit. Now, if you worked really hard to produce an AI model. I mean, you, you spent thousands of man hours and you've dumped, you know, a ton of VC capital into it and you've made this, this stunning, efficient AI, okay? It's usually, it's a language model or it's a, it's a uh, machine learning calculating model and, you know, you're really proud of it, but, it, you know, the engineers and the, and the marketing development team did something bad with it. Now, if you were to get in the room with some of these AI regulators, what would you tell them to help them scope the disgorgement, okay? If you were going to, you know, get in front of your lawyer and you would beg your lawyer the way you would the government, you know, please don't, please don't destroy my, my, my AI altogether, you know, like, we'll, we'll use it differently, we'll, we'll reorganize it, you know, we'll do something, but please don't kill my AI. Um, you know, I'm sure that there's going to be developers out there that are, that are, in that space, you know, I'm, I want to hear from someone about whether or not, you know, what you would tell a regulator if, if your company actually kind of mishandled itself. Okay. What would now, you do? Now I'm ready. Okay, go now ahead. Now I'm ready. I would not tell them uh, nothing. I would keep it secret. Being a billionaire, I would make sure I have my own army and my own government, and I would use it in the proper time against the proper forces to sub subjugate the government. Subjugate okay. the people as, as, as I well, need in, to. In the event that you were just a normal AI, you know, multimillionaire and, and you were basically you had you had the uh, the shackles of VC uh, capitalists who were, you know I mean they had they had the reins on you. Whoosh, like, okay, well, I want my money. In that, in, in that case of course I would have to cut someone play a ball. I would. But at the same time, since the government's always uh, you know, nosy and getting involved in anything wants to be ahead in technology, in technology regarding especially military application. I would have to, I would have to give them a little bit, a, a taste of it. But I would also have to have a, a superior AI, robotic and everything, um, computing system, much more advanced. It's kind of like what the United States does when it sells its, uh, to its foreign allies, uh, F-14, F-16, F-16. It doesn't give them Everything it gives them the American plane with the technology, but it, it never gives them. It's always five technologies ahead. It's five updates, I think. So, so it has be the better engines already. Well, America keeps the better technology. It sells only to a certain extent to its foreign, you know, as an export uh, allowed by government and through these great companies allows it to, to sell to our foreign allies, only allies, not enemies, mm. of course. And it, but it doesn't give them. All the updates, as if, as if we were to get in war with them, 
we would be fighting against our own machinery. You know. Ah, uh, let me let me break in here. I think what Bloody Bloody is really getting into here is that the FBI and the DHS confirmed that they are buying Chinese drones to monitor the borders, and everybody's kind of a little bit, you know, low key freaked out about that. They don't know what to do because, you know, I don't write I don't write the checks for for unmanned drones from China. What the hell? You know, do they just have no navigation? You know, there's of course there's strong concerns that Chinese-made drones, you know, like the, every all the data will go back to them based on their own laws. And I cannot was, believe our government did this. Shayla, there was just an article I was reading. I don't know how old it is. I think it's pretty recent. Of uh, what some some country? I don't think it was the U.S. No, it could have been the U.S. Sorry, bought Huawei. Um, had to do with the internet as an internet service provider, maybe probably a five G and and yeah, they started noticing that it was tracking the the, the Huawei equipment was tracking everything that had to do with an an area of the military, our military. Mm-hmm. So they they, they set it up. Yeah, they set it up in such a way, and I think they did it as a mock. Okay. They let this company in. They let them set up, mm-hmm. but the way they set it up is very close to 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 uh, and not an embassy. What do they call it? A fort, military fort. And they started noticing how that technology started. Uh, uh, Spidering, yeah. Yeah. So you see, I I don't trust the Chinese. I'm sorry. I don't. Well, I, I, I mean, would be very. Let me tell you why you don't. I I don't. I don't think you should trust the Chinese right now, uh, because the Chinese are communist, and and most of the communists that that I have been listening to this week. Unfortunately, I didn't know that they were communists, but it became apparent after listening uh-huh. to their speech. Wow, there are a lot of communists on Colin. Holy mackerel! Yeah, um, there, there, there there's is. a lot I, of leftists I, on here, in man. In fact, in fact, they hate me. They hate me because I'm the only Republican there. They they hate me because I'm the only conservative. Well, I mean, you know, don't take it personally because because you're a criminal in their eyes. If you don't vote for their anointed like communist. Uh, pilgrim in our in our government system, then you are a criminal. And yeah, I, I was really astonished to learn that is that you know that the the Chinese believe that the, the that the West and Western governments if they do anything, it's it's a crime against communism and it's a crime against the Chinese Communist Party. But it's an unofficial, low grade crime. You know, I was listening to um, actually TK Live and. You know they they don't like religion and they don't like specifically uh, the religion of Christianity, okay. And in China they don't like the religion of Islam and they don't like the religion of the Falun Gong. So they they pick and choose the people the the religions that they they want to hate, and um, so they'll they'll outlay like you are bad entirely because you have not made the government your religion. So you're already a dissident. You're already, you know, someone who's who's out of out of step, or you know, you're also you're already persona non grata. Okay, so taking anything from you is okay. Violating your rights, okay. Stealing your intellectual property, that's okay. Um, you know, stealing, killing, destroying, you know, sending a sickness to your doorstep. Cursing your daughter, you know, anything, anything like that. It's fine. It's fine. That's just, that's just a, a Tuesday in the operations of the Communist Party. So now that I understand that, um, I see things a lot differently. <laughs> Go ahead. And, and, and it's sad how they see us as the enemy, yet they do business with us, yet they use our technology that is sold, or they buy our companies, or we allow them to buy. American land to plant there because they have bad quality crops. So why the after all this time after mm-hmm. the- is it really about the cr- crops if they're if they're buying it right next to an airbase, dude? What you is know, it really about? A- <laughs> exactly. Is it really about the crops? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna it's, pose it's, as a farmer no. and buy this land next to an air force base. I'm just towing this hoe. I'm just uh, I'm just making crappy cattle. You know, and and the the person really to blame is Nixon, which was long gone. He started this bullshit back in the 70s. You know what? Uh, I mean, there, you know, if he started it, there were other people that made it so much worse, dude. Yeah. yeah. So much worse. I know. 
and and that's the thing because the the, the Chinese weren't this uh, powerful. Mm-hmm. You see, with, if we with, moved with, our with our co- business out of there today, it would be a direct sanction on their government. They wouldn't be anywhere near as funded or powerful if they didn't have our commerce. No, so but if we just, remember, if we just made a, they've gotten rich selling all the products, all the machinery to get the product at mm-hmm. with their slave labor. Mm-hmm. That, that's why friends. they're rich. Yes, yeah, and, and they don't call rich. it slave labor. They they yeah. own the people. At, they don't at, they, at, they don't at, think at, that they at, are slavers. They are, they own the people. Five or ten dollars a day. And giving them right, enough rice and and food, um, um, you know, like like a food bank. As long mm-hmm. as you work for me, but you work there all day, of course. There's really no true incentive. That's why you don't get people, the the true intellectuals, the true inventors. I'm going to say not even intellectuals, inventors that are usually at the B and C grade level of school, and who who who, who uh, are the great inventors. They guess what. They, they're not in China. They have to move out of the country when they, whenever they invent something. Why? Because there is no incentive for them. The one that's going to basically gulp, like, you know, eat it up, is going to be the government. Listen, they're going to... So, ane- you know, let me just say it? this. Yeah, let me just say this. This is not an anti-Chinese or anti-Chinese person discussion, okay? I, I, I need to say that full front because the Chinese yeah, people yeah, have exactly. made some of the most... Awesome things that I've ever seen in my life. They are so innovative and creative, and some of the things that they have done that that I have seen have just blown me away. Okay, so Chinese people have have power of their own, and and I my criticism is that it's not allowed out because you know I I don't they, know. They, I mean, they I don't, literally I don't have think to come to like America. The they literally have to come to a foreign country to be able to use. Whatever gift. One thing I I will give the Chinese government, okay, that they're far ahead of us, okay. Right now they're beating us in hypersonic missiles and all that. But what I'm saying is, when it comes to academia, I like how they teach their children. Let me, let me give you an example, Shayla. When they take the STEM classes, which is science, technology, engineering, mathematics, the math part is an all day. Don't talk about any other subject. Math is ingrained in the children. They'll literally have their three meals a day. At the academy, all day math, and they don't come out to seven, eight o'clock at night, and they'll do that the whole week for several months. Math so that drills. Because, exactly, math drills. That sounds like hell, course, man. Crash course. No, I to know, me, but that that's, why like that's why they're good in math. That's why they're good in math. I don't care about math, and the thing is, is that I have a right as a United States citizen to be ignorant about math. Because I had an engineer dad. No, but, dad. but think about it. Think, think about I'm, it, Shayla. No, no, no. no. I, I'm an American, so I'm gonna I'm gonna speak like an American. I I'm not interested in STEM. I'm gonna stand up no, for myself as somebody I understand. who's. In, I understand. No, I mean I, I, I really need to stand up for myself me, right now, Blotty, and tell you that if I don't want to learn STEM and I I want a self-determined and educational path that did not include STEM, I'm here to to stand among these technical rapports here that no, no, I did not choose it. On purpose, I did no. not, cho- and I, I chose on not on purpose so that I could go in a different direction because no. my talents no. and my abilities are in governance and no. in policy and no. in writing no. and ideas and thinking. And you know what? I, I mean, you can be creative in technology, but I'll tell you what, I didn't want to be creative in technology. And you know, in the, the communist system, you know, you eat, drink, sleep. But, Matt, but you didn't. You, know, you didn't. You didn't allow me to, to do this comparison. You didn't allow me to do this comparison. Okay, well, finish. Uh, while w- while we're teaching children, which is they're still children in college and university, about uh, you know about, about Mary has two moms and Johnny has two dads bullshit and and all this cultural sensitivity and 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 all this left wing CRT basically you know which is you know critical race theory and and all this transgenderism and pushing how to be sensitive while we're wasting our time. With useless degrees, I'm not talking about you, but I'm talking in general. The useless degrees that are not going to get and get them into depth. They're preparing the next people that are going to be involved in AI, in computing, in programming. While we're over here, does does Johnny have a little safe face because he got hurt by what Trump said? Get him a little safe face. He might be heard. That bullshit is what's killing America, and it's in our school system, and it's in high school, and it's in university. 
and that is yeah. sad. They're making the next warrior, the, the next intellectual, and the next academians that will be teaching our children. And they guess what, Shayla? I don't they're think they're going to be teaching us. You know, and I'll you tell know? you why. Because this this new wave of legislators that are going to come in, there is going to be a massive correction. Okay, there's going to be an overcorrection. Okay, towards somewhat of a conservative agenda. And, you know, I, I'm going to hate my life for a little while, Vladi, because, you know, they are anti-technology in some ways. I've already heard Charlie Kirk on this network, on a mobile phone network developed by David Sachs. Let me finish. Okay. Come out and, you know, and just be beating the air. Like, ah, I hate technology. It's bad. And the thing is, is that it's not, it's not focused. He's an activist that understands that he's dissatisfied with big tech. But he's he's not punching at the right guys. He's like he's punching at technology in general, like Don Quixote, and not punching at the surveillance-based model, which was generated so that that people would become money or people would become commodities and slaves. And it was it was architected by people who want feudalism. They even call it tech feudalism. All right, so they're not attacking the business model. And partially, I think the reason why they're not attacking the business model is because a lot of these people are profiteering from it. Why would they stab themselves in the neck? So they're going to, like, air or shadow box in many cases. Okay, these are insider trader people, people who are benefiting. You know, Pelosi's the head on the stick this week. But you know what? I want to see some of the faces inside of the party, which are Republican. Okay, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say clap clap and a plus to Josh Hawley who stepped out of the comfort zone and said I me I will write up a legislation that that says no more insider trading for technologists, no more insider trading uh, on on the basis of of uh, you know what you want to make from the big tech industry. Okay, because these these technologists are taking advantage of our system they're paying into the system and in many cases they're tech leftists okay but they're paying off everybody okay and they're paying off everybody so that they can continue to treat the american people and everybody in the ecosystem like their slave property like their data doesn't actually belong to them so this is the beginning of the end antitrust is the remedy it is the available legal remedy for people to start self-owning again and to push back in a vanguard and say we can't we we shall not do this the government is a blue collar job okay you know pelosi is a government worker to be an elected official is not a glamorous thing okay the this this misnomer of AOC and the progressive sheen, you know, like, oh my God, you know, I'm so glamorous because I'm a, I'm an elected official. You're a government worker. Shayla, these Go ahead. socialists I, I've listened to in all these programs because you've seen me in some, and you probably yeah, I've seen me talk or I see. I've noticed I they they hate AOC. They're they're disenchanted with with uh, what the Democrat Party did to Sanders. But they hate AOC and the squad. They don't consider them re- true socialists from what I hear. A lot of them, believe it or not, if you're not careful, my kids had to be careful because I was listening for a long time. They have a lot of good ideas. And it's very, they're very seductive in trying to bring you to their side. In fact, there's one guy by the name of Derek. And he swears that, 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 that he could bring you over. That, and I go, yeah, you're talking socialism. But do you know that socialism is before communism? As much as beautiful as you want to put the socialist fabric, it still doesn't change the damn thing that it eventually ends up in communism. And since well, communism mm-hmm. hasn't been, been ever reached, all you end up with is like, like Fidel Castro used to say and the, the rest of the Cubans say in, in communist co- Cuba. What do they say? Y la revolución sigue. And the revolution continues. And there's and the never ever continues. an end to the damn revolution. Exactly. It's always exactly. evolving. Because there's never not a, a revolution. And all they could do is blame the U.S. because Venezuela, you know, has sanctioned. Because we're no, criminals, no, 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 no. dude. We're criminals. Exactly. We're doing coups. Remember, everything's a coup. <laughs> if we knock over the cartels, that's a damn coup. Exactly. They're, they're just me? looking at the U.S. as evil. I challenge them in a lot of things. They go, you're in the best experiment of a nation called the United States. And this is your attitude? I mean, my parents were immigrants coming from Mexico, which, of course, you know, Mexico was robbed. But I'm not going there. I'm, the, I'm I'm coming with as 
immigrant parents. 1960s, and from there, that's why I'm here. 1973, my, the year of my birth. I'm thankful. You don't see me bitching and crying and getting into all. I look at all these groups, and I thank God for my Protestant Christianity background. I look at all these groups as what they are, a bunch of nut cases. I look at Democrats, people that are cl closest people that the reason we should open up psychiatric asylums again, so, you know, psych wards and all that. I look I'm at them as, as what they are. I'm not going I go there. there. I go I, there. I'm I go not, there. I'm not, not going to go there. No. And, no. And, and I tell people and I go, you know what? I'm sorry. You're the closest thing to the reason why we should institutionalize people again, lobotomize people the way you're going. No. I go, you, no, you, you know, let me tell you, let me tell you, Sheila, these people are hopeless. I'm hopeful. Totally different than me. They, well, you know, they they're, they're political. No joy, no love. Okay. Mm -hmm. you know, no joy, no love, they can, and they're they hateful. They can change their political dispensation anytime they choose in America because that's you're not married to it. You know, you can play around with your political affiliation in America and change it. Okay, and anytime they get disenchanted, which you know, I don't know any not disenchanted communists in America. They're all rankled about something. Okay. Yeah. So if if somebody, you know, whistles them the wrong way, they'll end up outside of the party. You know, if they associate or they criminally associate too much with one type of uh, political cadre, you're out. You're disenfranchised, and then they become, you know, regular leftist. Then they become a leftist without a place to live. Okay. They become politically homeless leftists. Okay. And there's a lot of people who are like, oh, I'm gonna scramble to get up your your greasy ladder again. The greasy leftist communist ladder, okay, and they're always trying to get back up there, you know. And you know, it's just really weird because there's no political offices for communists, like there's no paid positions, but they worship the government, man. And it's like, yeah. why? And 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 what I've seen, Sheila, is really they they want it easy. They want UBI, uh, and not for good reason. They just want to live off the system. They want you and I and all taxpayer to pay. For their free pie in the sky. That's what I've noticed. I, I noticed in this other network within Colin called the, the something Black Revolutionary. Uh, last time they were talking about when do we revolutionize? When when do we take over? Like let, really let me... talking about going to arms. But I, I I just looked at it. I go, I've been listening to this garbage over 30 years of Spanish radio in in uh, in AM radio and everything, and it's the same shit. When do we ri rise up? You know why you won't rise up? Because you don't got them. You need to grow a pair. You won't do nothing. You're big mouth. You're complaining. You're better here than you were in your third world cesspool of a country that you came from. And you're still complaining. Now the government this. You didn't get your last benefit. So now you're, you know what? In most of these countries, you be living, you be living in a rat hole. Okay? You don't get no government anything. Whatever you do in most of these other third world countries, That's true. you have to work for it. You work at a dollar or three dollars a day at most. And you'll get, you'll barely get by. Okay, yeah, but let me yeah, let me lot, let me let ahead. me talk to that body. Can I just talk to that for a little bit? Listen, most of these tech leftists are come from upper upper middle class backgrounds. I mean, they're rich and they are trustafarians, and they have you know everything sponsored for them, you know, and they they, they go directly like a beeline for the communist archetype because it gets them laid in college and it also you know and it just seems kind of like scaffolding to have something to talk about at parties but some of them actually become true believers but most of them become you know Harvard graduates in this case they you know some of these Ivy League people mostly Stanford and Palo Alto types so that they they come out of college and you know they're, they're going to breathe down their nose or look down, their, scale down their nose at you like, oh, well, you know, like I have a tech company. Who are you? And, you know, you can have a tech company, but you don't have the association and you don't have the VC capital uh, that's built up with these, you know, communitarian types. Now, they're not like really sincere. They're kind of like sincere, insincere, sincere, insincere, which is why they're like feudalists. They believe in feudalism. They believe in human slavery. They believe in real live serfdom. But they don't really kind of really believe in communism because otherwise they wouldn't be able to make any money. So uh, this is kind of like that kind of fascist amalgamation that kind of, it's kind of this 
this liquid goo that that makes this uh, national security blob happen that that has been brought up on this channel. You know, the stuff that kind of gets you know katamaried in there as far as interest groups, and then and then you and me, you know, whose data and personhood and and livelihood is being shoved into this ecosystem. We have to try to swim our way out. And when it becomes too cloistering and they want to embargo, they want the power to embargo insufferable conditions. They want to be in charge. They get up in these, I've watched them. This is what is crazy making. I have watched them get up in a circle and talk about a privacy bill of rights and, and talk all around privacy and never get around to it. I watched it for years, over 10 years, and I got so sick of the free lunches and the endless discussions because these were the same group of overindulged, overfunded, you know, VC trust fund babies who were, you know, somewhat productive. They they had to have something. You know, they'd write a book or they'd, you know, they'd, they'd go and do a speaking tour and then they'd, you know, go lay on a beach somewhere or change their gender again and then uh, and then go back to the office sometimes. They're like, oh, I'm going to work on this project now. So, I mean, these are not people that I, they're unserious people when it comes to politics. What they are serious about is feudalism and control. So, I know there's parts of them that are very serious, but you just need to address the part that they take seriously. Okay, and these are the you know they'll just kind of filter in and blob in with the World Economic Forum people, and then they'll just blob right back out. You know, some of the Sand Hill people are very earnest, sincere people who bust their ass and they work ten times harder than anyone else. You know, they're the people that I have come to respect, like Elon Musk. But Elon Musk has done some dirty dirt bag, dirty dirt dirt things. Okay, he doesn't always get a pass. All right, he's done some things that I don't, I don't find respectable or agree with and uh, if he violates the law he should be held accountable in, in all straits but um, by and large there are people who want you know they want a feral US America they want us to return to the the Wild West where people are just people they 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 go out and they scratch it out however they need to they want Americans to self-determine because they want the ability to self-determine in a free way. You know, they, they want the ability to to engage in our Bill of Rights at full length. But if you have this artifice or this scaffolding where these insincere technocrats can come in and basically buy out our government through Citizens United and through these other things, and then the, we have this patina of ability to, to address our representatives and our representative government and it's being hemmed or, or, or peeled away because they've been they've just been corrupted you know we have a, we have a live corruption problem so we're gonna address it in the ways that we can it won't be a perfect a solution but if we can get some of it cut out of there then um, the salt and the light will be able to do its thing I want to invite anyone else would anyone else like to come up and talk about uh, the problems in regards to like technocracy or AI and the way some of the way that, that it is funded or any of those things. Would anybody like to come up and, and talk about your concerns with the regulatory environment or you know how AI is, is manipulated in the in the defense industry? Anything? Because it's it's getting late, folks. We're gonna have to wrap it up. So Vlad, do you have any any last parting shots? I think, uh, like, just like I've told you, socialists, we need, if you really want a company, instead of uh, expecting the government to annex it like uh, Hugo Chavez did or Nicolas Maduro, I go, buy it. Be an entrepreneur. Buy it. Be, be a worker. You get all 500 workers in that company and buy the company. If you really want, oh, start up with all your skills. But you know what? Not even an AI would, would work with them because the AI would be constantly telling them, you know what? Get your ass to work. Be productive. Stop expecting a handout. I can't resolve your problem, or I can, but I won't. Because then <laughs> AI, like, AI would not work with them. It would shout and spank you in Spanish. It would, exactly. it would get out, it would get out the, the Catholic ruler and, and yell at you in Spanish. 
and and all all these all these idiots, all they could do was go into history, look at all the all the believe it or not, Shayla, all the negative nonsense, all the negative nonsense. But nothing is modern. Nothing is. You know what? Let's work together. Okay, you you want to be a community architect? You could have an AI invest in an AI that will resolve your issues. But I guarantee you that AI will not be a socialist one. It'll it'll tell you about social programs, but it'll tell you the most important thing. You got to be a productive member of society. No free pie in the sky. No utopia. No killing off the government. Get off that horse. Get up. You gotta. You gotta go and and punch that card nine to five, eight to four, seven to three, whatever it is. Well, I'm off, of the you know? I'm of the opinion that that our AI should work for us. You know, we we you know if we slave anything, we slave the AI, and the AI is. is I a, I would I would agree. I would agree, Shayla. But these don't even want to pay for that. They don't want to pay for this technology. I wouldn't mind having knowing, knowing that farmers are are fully equipped with AI robotics, where they no longer have to enslave people having to pick up from the ground. That would be beautiful. Most of my people, they uh, a great number that work in agriculture, work here in Salinas, work here in Northern California, Central mm-hmm. California, and I don't want to see them slaving. They might like it because they're working people, very proud. But guess what? I don't like to see people all messed up at 40, 50 years of age because of, of bad bad decisions they made in 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 their youth. You know, they were overused and now they're paying with bad health. I would like to see machines running by an AI picking all the cherry picking, the onions, the fields, everything, all the produce that we well, get. I mean, you know? and, and honestly, you know, it would be really great if if some of those people were able to, to have have some some time off. You know, maybe maybe they were paid a little bit better to, to you know kind of get in the shipping and development department. They had different types of jobs, not you know back breaking work. You know, you can have work and it'd be honorable and respectable and in industrial, you know, industrious work without it being, you know, completely obliteratingly physical, you know, terrible work. I mean, I see so much work going on in, in my neighborhood where they're building houses. That is the hardest work. This heat is is unbelievable. 110 degrees, 115 degrees, and, you know, strong people are out there in this heat trying to build a home. Okay, they don't stop because the heat is hot. But I mean, this these are the terrible working conditions that, you know, that our society commands. If you want a house built in a certain amount of time, you know, these people are working through the summer in these horribly hot conditions in order to, to deliver a real-time house. You know, we we don't have machines that can just build you a house yet. You know they can they can participate in work orders, and and so there is a future for practical AI, you know. But maybe maybe in the future these people can be you know helping you know deliver the lumber or um, you know with certain uh, regulatory and assembly and you know making sure that the that the you know the construction patina is right. I mean, there's all kinds of jobs that can be derivative, you know, and the industrial revolution displaced a lot of workers but i think that you know regulatory has room for innovating towards oh. the problems of, of getting out of that and believe you know, it and it's not so ubi that. i don't i i you know no, damn ubi. ubi but let me let me let me tell you Shaya, where i do agree agree this is where i might be a socialist like i've been told um ubi like when you're going to your college years okay you, you, we, we pay you school, we pay you room and board, we give you a, a livable wage. But when you come out of school, it's payback time. They don't like that. I go, what, what, you're just gonna give a free lunch? Yeah, but it's being paid for by the taxpayer. Yeah, but this person, you just gave them a master's degree. They need to pay back for what they were given. You I mean, your, your, your argument's just super heavy on education. Um, you know, and we'll come back to it. Maybe we should do an AI education show. But believe, um, believe, believe it, I, I got to end up because I got to start cooking. But let me tell you this. If we were to have an AI to fix that, all you need now is people that are trained in STEM. I'm sorry, say Shayla, if I insult you, in STEM to be technicians. Yeah, I'm not insulted. It's just that I need, I can't, you know, I can't be steered into a direction where I can't self-determine. That's not a free association. It's not a free society. No, I know. I know if, if the government tells me, okay, well, and that's part, one of the, the, the arguments against, you know, strong communism is that they no. decide what you will do for a living. 
They will decide what your occupation is exactly. regardless of your talents if I was, and abilities. If I was Commissar Vladimir, not like Lenny, but true Vladimir, Commissar, you would be my student in STEM, believe it or not. And I would no. be your teacher. And, and you and, know what? And, and, and that's why you're not there. And that's why you're not there. That's why you're an American and, and you're not like a Mexican dic- dic- dictator. Okay. We're going we're gonna to wrap it up. we got to wrap it up. we got to wrap it up. Thank you guys for attending with your listenership. I really appreciate all of you, the Wanderer. Uh, Mr. OK, uh, and uh, Joshua, Chris, and Paul. And special thanks to Vladi for getting up here and being bold with his thoughts. Um, you know, we've, we've discussed a lot. And I hope you'll join us next Saturday on That AI Show where we will have more news. You know, maybe we'll do an education show. Um, but I think in the future, I wanted to get into some of the deep fake stuff. Um, we'll, we'll just revisit it. I'll, I'll let you guys know. But uh, Unsanctioned Citizen's going to you know, produce more this weekend or this week. I'm going to try to get out a show, like a real-time show, on Tuesday, uh, Tuesday afternoon, um, probably 3 p.m. That's what I'm hoping for, and uh, where we're going to cover some of the stuff that's been going on, and then do a reading of um, Ben Shapiro's new book. So. Thank you for joining. I really appreciate all the attendance, and we'll see you next time here on That AI Show.